Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. friend who uh, went to a hospital the other day. He's a little older and he's heavy. And he, but he's a tough person. And he went to the hospital and a day later he's in a coma. I call, how's he doing? Sir, he's in a coma. He's unconscious. He's not doing well. The, the speed and the viciousness, especially if it gets the right person, it's horrible. It's really horrible. President Trump, a lot more personal than he has been on these things. And like any normal human being, when it happens to somebody you uh, you know or love, it, it becomes a different story than kind of the abstract, this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. He went on yesterday uh, talking about New York's Elmhurst Hospital in Queens, where the president grew up. This was the local hospital for him as a kid. A facility that Trump said he knows so well that he can picture the color of its exterior walls and the size of its windows, which is a... Pretty good detail of remembering something when you're a kid. Sure. 
I've been watching that for the last week on television. Body bags all over the hallways, Trump said. I've been watching them bring in trailer trucks, freezer trucks. They're freezer trucks because they can't handle the bodies. There are so many of them. This is essentially in my community in Queens, Queens, New York. I've seen things I've never seen before. I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them on television in faraway lands. He added, these trucks are th- that are there are as long as the Rose Garden, and they're pulling up to take bodies. And you look inside, and you see the black bodies. You say, hey, what's in there? It's Elmhurst Hospital. Must be supplies. It's not supplies. It's people. Yikes. Yep. That's good. That's good personal stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. So many question marks. Need yep. more data. Need more testing. We were talking earlier about the um, what went wrong with the testing kits and everything. And, uh, you know, as one uh, professional in emergency management emailed us last week, he said, it makes me crazy hearing uh, each party trying to blame the other party when the problem is bureaucracy. The problem mm-hmm. is bureaucrats. And that's the disease we really need to defeat, along with the coronavirus. Because it was just intransigence, turf protecting, and stupidity that kept us from having massive testing, massive effective testing weeks ago. With our the, the brilliance we have within our borders, homegrown and the best minds from all around the world who want to be in the United States at our universities and our companies... You combine that with the resources we have, money and everything else like that, it's just only we could get in the way of not having the best testing in the world. And we didn't even have close to the best testing in the world. As we've been saying for a long time, there is no external enemy that could bring this country down. We could bring ourselves down and did a hell of a good job. Weeks and weeks and weeks ago, Stanford University had effective tests and the FDA told them, stand down, you're not allowed to do that. It's just astounding. Dave, the statistician, uh, with a really interesting email, um, which we uh, appreciate very much. He said, uh, based on data here and there, I've been wondering all along where all the dead bodies, where are all the dead bodies from this virus? I'm not totally clear on the data behind a new UK report mentioned in the White House briefing, but Dr. Bricks had sort of tentative information, which she described as really quite important, which is an understatement. Anyway, if what she suggested is true, in fact, it could be extremely good news. And and here's the long and short of it. The You remember the chilling, chilling estimate by Dr. Neil Ferguson, not historian Neil Ferguson, who looks like Niall Ferguson, but this is a doctor who uh, estimated UK deaths could well be $500,000. 500,000 people? People. I'm sorry. I'm reading while I'm talking. Read the words you're talking, Joe, or talk the words you're reading. Joe puts a dollar figure on humans. I do. I absolutely do. Uh, (laughs) You're worth about 100 bucks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's it's a lot like pawn wars and that sort of thing, or the uh, the storage wars. Yeah, just take a quick look. Say 125 bucks. Uh, They revised downward the estimate of deaths in the U.K. from 500,000 to 20,000. One twenty-fifth. This is the same doctor now. Oh, I didn't. So I caught the number going down and was amazed by it. I didn't catch it was the same person. Yeah. That came up with the new number. This estimate is based on newer model. And Dave, the statistician, points out unverified yet. Be careful of these models, you see. Garbage in, garbage out, as the astronauts used to say. And the new one's not necessarily any more right than the last one, probably. 
Mm, no, probably it is just because we've learned more. They wouldn't they wouldn't give it to you if it weren't better, but it still could be it could be off. It could be garbage plus one percent more data. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, she said either this new mal- uh, model is valid using the large number of asymptomatics theory, or they are using using a totally wrong transmission rate. This is because they cannot really explain why the old mathematical model wasn't matching the reality of the ground in China, South Korea, and Italy. For example, the old model projected Italy should have 400,000 deaths by now, and they have only 8,000, making the old model off by a factor of 50 there. Since the newer model seems to match what is actually happening, it is hoped slash believed that it is possibly more valid. The report didn't give a new estimate for the U.S., but the old model predicted a max of 2.2 million deaths. She didn't say this, but if the U.K. downward adjustment is applied to the U.S., that would predict $2.2 million over 25 equals 88,000. Um, and she didn't say this very clearly, but I'm guessing what she was trying to say was that if the new model is correct, perhaps 20% of Americans, 66 million, could have already been exposed by now, but only the worst cases are being reported uh, they are studying the models, and if the new model proves accurate, it means we are much farther along the curve than previously thought. It also means the mortality rate is far lower than previously thought, um, which would change everything. You you got to you can't cripple the economy for something that's way less deadly. If we found that out, well, his final note is note: it is still definitely not true that this virus is quote no worse than the flu. Because of the ventilator needs of the worst cases in the overwhelmed hospitals, this is far worse than the flu. And some degree of lockdowns are still necessary. But wouldn't it be ironic if the deniers or the it's no worse than the flu people were somewhat closer to the truth than all the scientists and politicians? Only time will tell the true facts. Um, Did you see the, uh, it was in theory coming out of a doctor in New Orleans now, everybody's got their own little slice of the world, and so you don't know what's going on. Now, was it a like a physician, or was it like Dr. John, a piano player was it in like, New Orleans? Like the guy from Tiger King, which I'm obviously obsessed with, the guy that they call Doctor, and it turns out he's got a... Doc. Doctor of mystical science. Yeah, what the hell is that? It's a mystical science. <laughs> it's the science of mysticism. <laughs> but anyway, the New Orleans doctor said, and I don't know if this has been nailed down or not, the whole ventilator thing is a bit of a, not the conversation we think it is, and that almost everybody who goes on a ventilator dies. Yes. So. Yeah, I just read that yesterday. I mean, you'd still yeah. you'd still want one if it's available, but if you need a ventilator, it's not the lack of ventilators that's going to kill people. Right. Mostly. Right. If you need that, you're. They're not a magic pill. You're already way down, which is, it's interesting we're talking so much about ventilators. I mean, if we can save, you know, a significant percentage of people, or even a small percentage, once they go on the ventilators. But yeah, I had no idea. Once you're on that ventilator, you're in deep doo-doo. Yeah. I mean, really deep. Well, the, I the numbers he had. therapeutic and. Yeah, the, the numbers he had, and again, everybody's trying to come up with the reality, but. Was the so eighty percent of people get mild to no symptoms, mm-hmm. but every but but almost everybody else it's bad. It's one or the other. It's either you're mild to nothing or you're in the hospital mm-hmm. or in critical condition. Yeah, and so I don't know this, but like I've never known anybody in the prime of life who died from the flu. Does the regular flu kill people in the prime of life? Almost never. I've never heard of it. Yeah, in just anecdotally and. Because of the virus, you're going to hear about every single case in America that happens. But I've heard about these people 
28 years old, perfect health, dead. 42 years old, fine health, runs five miles a day, dead. Right. That doesn't happen with the regular flu. No. That's weird. No. What's going on there? Well, So you get no symptoms. Like, you don't even know you have it or you're dead. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that? It's the COVID-19. Yeah. It's an evil bastard. They got to figure that out. Well, well, well. It's not actually alive, Jack. It's a protein in a shell. Didn't know viruses that. Viruses are fascinating. I thought they're viruses weird. were alive. They're not Yeah, they're huh? kind of alive. <laughs> okay, you changed your stance. No, I didn't. That's the thing about viruses. Hey, come on, wake what up. Did you, why did you sit down and listen? Wake up. Wake up to the virus. It's, it's, a, it's a protein in a shell. It gets in, then it, it activates, so it's kind of alive. Um, and, and then invade your cells. And if you can break down the, that shell, it, uh, it disintegrates. The protein disintegrates in the environment, which is why the hand washing is so important. The soap, the water. We had one, uh, up with chemistry listener say, not only does the soap break down the lipid shell, the fatty shell that protects this thing, but it binds with the molecules and literally just flushes it away. So, a- and the alcohol does the same thing to the shell. So question, if, the alcohol and hand sanitizer, I should say, not like your cocktails. If we end up with, say, at the end of the day, we have 70,000 deaths. So it's just, it's slightly worse than a bad flu. Except that it would be on top of all the old flu deaths, yeah. yeah. But but the, this virus. Right. So it killed roughly the, the same amount as a bad flu. Mm-hmm. What's the reaction of America going to be if another horrifying virus came in like five years? Well, I think it'd get re. I think it'd be really hard to get people to shelter in place. And maybe the only reason the deaths were that low because we did shelter in place, we did all the right things. But I just feel like you won't be able to pull that lever again anytime soon, and get this level of cooperation unless it's really bad, which I'm, is weird. But. We right. I'm hoping we're a lot better at it by then. I hope we really realize the lessons of this thing. Figure out once again. Once we get some data. Once the testing is up and going. And every every high school kid, I almost said college kids. No, I want to make sure everybody gets it. Every high school kid in America should take at least a month-long class on what went wrong with the testing and the CDC and the rest of it. No, but geez. Anyway, having said that, once we have a lot of data, I think we'll be better at it in the future. But if, if this is... If this is the new thing where people are munching on damn bats in China and all of a sudden tens of thousands, hundreds of millions of people die around the world, we got to change some of the ways we do things. Less bat eating, for one thing. Well, yeah, let's start there. Plus, (laughs) I think the U.N. ought to get get together and have a a vote. Russia and Iran would abstain, but look, China, you cover up any more pandemics, we're going to nuke Beijing. There you go. All right. That seems reasonable. All right. It's time for strong measures. I'm all, all right, for it. Maybe that's too much. But, you know, some sort of just severe sanctions. So that old Chairman Winnie the Pooh says, look, as much as I'd like to protect the interests of the Communist Party, every single manufacturer who, who's employing anybody in China says they're going to pull out if we lie about this, so we better tell the truth. Having said, there is on-the-ground reporting from the Wuhan uh, area Wuhan. that the death toll is ten times as much or more than the Chinese authorities are saying that and much more to come. Don't go. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
precious time at home with your family, pray a little bit more like most of us will do, and above all, try to smile, because when you smile, that makes everybody else feel better. God Any, bless. Anyway, Owen oh too. That's Vin Scully. Who's the richest person in Venezuela? Socialism failing to work as it always does. Right. This time in Venezuela. Mm. You talk about giving everybody something free and all of a sudden there's no food to eat. And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? Dr. Fauci. The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway, Owen too. Yeah, if you're not a if you didn't get a chance to listen to the great Vin Scully calling uh, Dodgers baseball games, he would regularly lapse into economic lessons geopolitical <laughs> messages <laughs> you know that pop-up reminds me of anarcho-capitalism <laughs> anyway oh and two oh and two abbott labs uh then this was three what's the date today is today the 30th um yes, launches uh molecular point of care test to detect novel coronavirus in as little as five minutes positives in as little as five minutes Negatives in, I think it's like 13 minutes, and they think by next week, which is this week, um, they will be ramped up to, what does it say, where is that, uh, tens of thousands of tests um, per day. Let's see, where is it? Oh, there it is. Abbott will be making ID now COVID-19 tests available next week. That's this week and expects to ramp up manufacturing to deliver 50,000 tests per day. Now, is that they the, don't say exactly when. Is that the sort of thing like you buy at CVS and take home and do like a like a pregnancy test? No, or I you think to go it's, to the you swab and drop it off. They'll have drop off okay. points. Okay. Right. Um the old swab and drop. Right. That's uh, well this stuff should have been out a month ago, but the government told them to stop. And um, as Kershaw gets loose, let's revisit the anarchist movement of the late 18th century. <laughs> anyway, Owen oh 2. <laughs> so that's good news, and that data we need uh, will be forthcoming. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, is this, uh, you know what's uh, a harsh uh, buzz for the uh, the nation? A buzz <laughs> a kill? A harsh buzz for the nation. Is that Elizabeth this Holmes? This whole thing is, is a harsh buzz. Is not, uh, you right. know, she's not on the beat. She's not trying to... Uh, Finger prick you to to cure the coronavirus because I'm sure she could have faked up something and made billions of dollars with it. Uh, let's see. What else did we tweet? Oh, the intersectional folks are calling the fact that uh, more women are nurses and nurses are getting sick. Uh, they're calling the COVID-19 a genocide of women. <sighs> and that's um, right. and something needs to be done. Killing more men than women, but yeah, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. By, by like two to one. Yeah. But, are um, you throwing facts? at me your white person facts but either way even if we're killing women two to one are they trying to claim some man designed the virus or something what is it it doesn't matter it doesn't need to make sense it's a call you're right that's right that is the whole point Mm -hmm. of critical theory is you use anything to make your argument because the point is making sure everybody hears about it right are you with us or against us unless you say i'm with you then you're against them and then you're a bad person and a racist and genocidal and really subhuman and can be jailed or killed as they say fit Uh, please read about chairman mao's china or paul potts cambodia or whatever 
Uh, Marco Rubio tweeting, Some in our media can't contain their glee and delight in reporting that the U.S. has more coronaviruses than ch- uh, cases than China. Beyond being grotesque, it's bad journalism. We have no idea how many cases China really has, but without any doubt, it's significantly more than they admit to. Again, local journalists in Wuhan are saying it's probably more like 40,000 than the 3,800 that they're admitting to based on various things, including cremations still. Oh, man, we have a lot of good stuff to get to. Lion, bastard, Chinese. Never forget. I won't. Plus, my favorite bit of internet humor coming up in a moment. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, being cooped up in the house with children isn't easy, but there are a lot of things that you could do to avoid going crazy. You could cry in front of the kids. You could um, panic buy ramen on Amazon. (laughs) Or you could go through 500 emails from major corporations letting you know that they're washing their hands now. Long emails. Thousands of words. The email I got from CVS was longer than one of their receipts. And listen, I get it, but... I don't need 12 paragraphs from budget rent-a-car to let me know they're wiping down the steering wheels in their Hyundai Elantras. <laughs> I have received more coronavirus emails from Petco than the CDC. Yeah. yeah. Amen to that. The whole, we all? the whole, this is what we're doing for the virus from every company, how did you think that was important? Every airline I've ever flown has hit me up. I assume you're washing down your planes, all right? <laughs> Fine. I'm not going anywhere anyway. Here's a good text. Been with you guys for 15 years, and I've worked for Walmart just as long. Our store and the company as a whole are making more money than last year or ever. Business is booming, and social distancing is impossible. Too many people in the building. The atmosphere is both celebratory and angry. Parking lot is full from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Angry latory. Kids play, and no additional cleaning is possible. Wow. Crazy times. I hear about sheltering in place, but I don't see it where I work. I'd love to stay home. I hit two risk groups and still show up to work. Wow. Um, yeah, kids playing everywhere, everybody running around in a tight space, and no time to clean because they close late and open early, and they're packed full all day long. Yeah, yeah, wow, interesting. Uh, a couple of uh, just around-the-horn things, bingo, bango, bongo. How about a, a break briefly from the you-know-what? Redway, California, authorities are searching for two minimum security inmates who walked away from a prison camp in Northern California Friday night. Now, these are a couple of folks who, you know, frankly, uh, judging by their career choices, uh, are in the habit of making poor decisions. But 29-year-old Derek Barnett, 28-year-old Noah Wilson, were discovered missing during an inmate count at the Eel River Conservation Camp in Humboldt County. Uh, According to the news release, uh, again, it's the minimum security camp. They just walked away. Uh, It houses about 120 minimum security prisoners and focuses on inmate fire crew prep. Barnett, who's a tough-looking fellow, convicted of possession of a firearm and vehicle theft, was supposed to be uh, paroled in December. So you could have walked away the regular way in a few months, brah. But now you're an escapee. Now you got a prison break on your record. Wilson, the other guy, incarcerated for possession of a controlled substance for sale, he had to wait till April next year. One more year. And him and his face tattoo could have just strolled out of the place and back to his his life. 
Maybe, maybe go and work at that animal sanctuary <laughs> from Tiger King. Oh, boy. Or one of the many other great ones around the country. Oh, Full boy. of damaged human beings. Both men were seen last wearing gray sweatshirts, gray sweatpants, and white sneakers. It's a good look. See, those people and, uh, you know, and, and the people on Tiger King, which is a documentary, but the, the, even if you haven't seen it, there's so many damaged human beings in the world. Yep. That's what I take from that more than anything. There's there's so many people that are either not smart or they're just they're damaged. They're they're clearly terrible childhoods in some way or very weak willed. I don't know. Some but people man. are remarkably sheep like, and you end up in a life of crime or or being <clears throat> being uh, used by criminals, right? Or having an arm chewed off. Spoiler alert. For instance. For instance, or being sexed up by some fake tiger cult leader who gets more tail than the Jonas Brothers somehow. I still don't really understand it. I know it's true, but I don't get it. I I, I hear you. You've got to tweet that. That's too he's funny. He's got game. He's got you game. You've got to tweet that. His game. He's, he's, he, he looks like an elephant riding an elephant. That's his game. But he used to look like Yanni. <laughs> Back in his Yanni days, man, could he pull him? <laughs> Moving along. Moving along. The uh, Let's see. Here's uh, one of several articles I tweeted about the WHO, the World Health Organization, and why they are like some of the women at the aforementioned Tiger Cult leaders. They're servicing China like he has his employees service him for reasons that are not quite clear. The World Health Organization has praised the Chinese Communist Party for its transparency. That's a quote. It said that the CCP was showing leadership at a moment when the world was watching China arrest doctors and exile reporters. It dragged its feet in declaring that China had a a public health emergency in the first place and later in labeling this scourge a pandemic. All this, Marco Rubio told Real Clear Politics, is deeply disturbing. It's beyond deeply disturbing. It shows them to be an organization we should not even listen to or be a part of. I think that's enough reason to break ties with the WHO. Of course, Trump would get killed for that. Leading scientists from around the world. The fact that they're clearly in bed with the Chinese, you just have to break break with them. Find Find a different group of world leaders that we participate with, but not them. Remake it. Yeah. How about the uh, NATO health organization? I mean, Lord knows all the NATO countries, we have the resources and the people to spread all over the world. Let's start again. The The WHO is utterly corrupt. WHO being in bed with hiding a pandemic from the world? I'm sorry, that's a little bit of cross-purposes going on there. Yeah, I would say. I would say. Um... And people, I just... You're either built this way or you're not. I'm skeptical of all uh, organizations with you know titles and rules and, and and supposed experts. I'm skeptical of all of them. But other people just have never-ending respect and um, it's and, worshipfulness and, practically and, and acquiescence to the UN, WHO, any of these kind of organizations, the Olympic, and they all turn out to be corrupt and full of phonies. Right. Yeah, I know. I I know. They're, I swear they're going to, someday when they fully unravel the human genome, I mean, really get down to the, the little bits, they're going to figure out there's a skepticism gene than an I'll believe anything gene. The, the, the Olympic Committee, turns out they're not about the best athletes from around the world getting their shot. They're about getting stuff and money. 
the UN so use one to get the other. The UN show up in impoverished <clears throat> countries where they got an earthquake and rape a bunch of women. Right, do it all the time. Yep. and the WHO is covering up for China in a yep. pandemic. Right, even as China is causing the pandemic, you're not good at your jobs. WHO, moving along, something totally different. Oh, you know what? I'm going to save this one for tomorrow. I'll do it again early tomorrow. Joe and old Simple Jack, <clears throat> and P.S., the national treasure that is Michelangelo. <laughs> national treasure. No love for Sean here. He's left out. He's the uh, he's the uh, bastage stepchild. That's that's fine. It affects me none. No, okay. it's not fine, Sean. I'm standing up for you. Can you please try to help me get my he- wrap my head around why the F, the, he's talking about the bailout bill, the stimulus bill. Help me wrap my head around why the F, the Senate, is getting $10 million out of this bill. And Congress is getting $25 million. The architect of the Capitol, whatever that is, gets $25 million. Capitol Police get $12 million, et cetera, et cetera. The S is ridiculous, and it's beyond infuriating. My company shut down two weeks ago, closed its doors, and I'm not overly upset about it. We save and are actually fiscally conservative. We generally make a pretty good living in the Midwest, but we buy used cars and don't go to Disney every year. In fact, we haven't been once yet. In today's age, is it possible to actually have anyone change our government or are we all doomed because no one in D.C. can balance a damn checkbook? End of rant for now as I have to get back to the grill and the beverages of choice. It's Brian, Kansas City. Yeah, as we said yesterday or earlier today, and listen, I don't mean to be all discouraging or anything, but this $2 trillion, whatever you want to call it, monstrosity. It ended up being 2.3. Oh. And because a trillion dollars is such a big number, the point three is kind of an anna. $300 billion, that used to be what our... Um, our deficit would be every year, and everybody would scream about how awful it was. Right. Uh, now it's... <laughs> it's a rounding error. Yeah, yeah. now it's just a 2.3. But there are going to be amounts of fraud and graft and and deceit and unwise giveaways that pervert markets and, and society. We heard from employers saying their, or, or their workers are begging them to lay the workers off because they'll make more money laid off because of the super bonus uh, payments and the rest of it. I tell you what, we're going to be unknotting this crap for a long time. <laughs> unknotting our crap. Yeah. How uh, do you even get your crap in a knot? Nobody knows. <laughs> and here's one of the big stories the of the day. We'll see how this turns out. This has never happened before. I mean, it might have happened during the Civil War, I suppose. I guess, in effect, this is what happened during the Civil War. But uh, Rhode Island has decided to not let anybody in from any of the other 49 states. Sorry, you can't come in if you're from another state. You can, but you have to quarantine for 14 days. If you came here by any mode of transportation and came to Rhode Island, you need to quarantine for 14 days. And they actually have troopers at our National Guard members established at checkpoints on I-95 and other highways entering the state. But to do what? To tell folks, hey, you got to quarantine, and then what? Follow them home and I, sit I there know. for fourteen days watching know, but, them. But this is an executive order from a governor. Nobody's ever done this. Before. Well, it's one of those things, and this is okay. We had a lot of questions about it at first, but what the governor's saying with the health authorities is, look, we really need to do this, and and it's got the force of law, so do it, would you please? And you know, egregious offenders or people who really flouted, they'll probably go after and hit them with tickets. Uh, a buddy of mine happens to be a surfer. I was chatting with him last night, and uh, they've closed beaches, and there could be no less transmitting What's activity up, beaches? Under- <laughs> My beaches. Trying to get drunk before everything closes. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> But there could be no less transmitting activity on Earth than surfing. You're out on the ocean. There's nobody nearby you. 
Uh, but they're uh, 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 ticketing surfers as they come back to their cars for violating the ban on, on being on the beach. Mm. Now, that sort of stuff is just going to make people cynical and mad. Can, we can do better than that, can't we, folks? Oh, and that reminds me. People are allowed to be out in the park, just not congregating. Crazy people. If you see people taking a walk or chucking a football back and forth, stop. I call 911. Stop being an idiot and yelling at them. You're allowed to be outside getting exercise. You see somebody shooting baskets, dial 911. Oh, for God's sake. A father and son playing horse the basketball hoop. Public danger. I know I'm a First Amendment extremist, but there are days I think you ought to have to have a license. <laughs> and it would the, the, the bar would be so low, so low. Rub a couple of brain cells together, fog a mirror, and, under, and, and indicate to me that you can understand it's about congregating, not about being outside. So Trump said some things this morning that you wanted to hear? Yeah. Is that right? Did we get those or I what? we did. It's the situation. I think we did. I don't know. We've been doing the show for almost four hours. Do we yeah, have we yeah. got another segment left. <laughs> and we usually save our very best stuff for the last segment. Everybody knows that. Everybody who listens knows that. <laughs> we don't just limp to the finish line. We make Exasperated. the WHO look like Apple around here <laughs> in terms of efficiency. <laughs> what is going on here? Stay tuned. Who's in charge Stay tuned here? for the big finish. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. His uh, denial at the beginning uh, was deadly. His delaying of getting uh, equipment to where it continues, his delaying getting equipment to where it's needed is deadly. But as the president fiddles, people are dying. On Fox News this morning, President Trump was asked for his response. He slapped back very sharply at the speaker. Well, you know, it's a sad thing. Look, she's a uh, sick puppy, in my opinion, especially when I was the one. And, you know, I've gotten from fair people, uh, you know, a lot of accolades. And I don't want the accolades, but it, it's just in terms of a fact. Uh, when I stopped all very some very, very infected, very, very sick people, thousands coming in from China. So you would hope that this sort of thing would end during the biggest crisis of our lifetimes? Or at least calm down a little? Where the Speaker of the House calls the, says the President is killing people with his actions, with the highest approval ratings he's ever had, and a 60% approval rating for his handling of the virus, and he calls her a sick puppy. Yeah. So that's where we are. Nice. I was even talking about, I said to my dad last night, I said, this is the biggest thing of my lifetime, I guess everybody's lifetime, unless you were in World War II. And he said, even in World War II, unless you were fighting in the war, here you were safe. Right. Which is true. Yeah. That's a good point. Greatest threat to the homeland since the Civil War? Have to be. A uh, polio epidemic. Because that went on for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't alive for it, but I hear disco fever was, oh. a, was a big thing. Oh, I saw Oof. the suffering firsthand. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so the president, the coughing, the boogie shoes. The president was on Fox and Fiends for like half an hour, forty minutes. I listened to almost all the way in this morning, uh, and it was it was interesting. It was uh, Trump esque, uh, a little uh, rambly, but uh, he was asked about 
Governor Cuomo, Governor Newsom, his relationship. Some of that was interesting, particularly in terms of the politics of it. I think we, we got a clip or two of him talking about Cuomo as perhaps even a potential rival, but go ahead, hit it. Well, one of the reasons he's successful is because we've helped make him successful. Now, if he's going to run, that's fine. I wouldn't mind running against Andrew. I under- I know Andrew for a long time. I wouldn't mind that. But I'll be honest, I think he'd be a better candidate than uh, Sleepy Joe. Does he? Uh, we got more on Biden. Still, uh, I wouldn't Joe. mind running against Andrew. I don't mind running against Joe Biden. I, I watch these critiques of me, uh, and they're highly sophisticated critiques. I said, you know, where they're written out. Uh, Joe Biden has said, and then they put this very highly sophisticated statement out. I said, Joe Biden didn't write that statement, and Joe Biden doesn't even. I guarantee he didn't even see that statement. So no, I think probably Andrew would be better. I'm telling you right now. Wow. Wow. I didn't see this over the weekend. You wanted a reality show president? Well, now you're on Survivor. Huh? Huh? Damning, isn't it? Is that what passes for clever these days? Wounding coming. Oh, boy. That changes everything. Really quick. Well, I tell you what. I could see it. I, I, I laid this out briefly earlier. Joe Biden, who every, every body language segment... Everything he says, every motion he makes is despair and fatigue. He's spent. I think he's he's going to quit the race. Wow, the DNC <laughs> is going to say, well, we can't have Bernie. We'd lose 43 to 48 states. And they go with old man Cuomo. Bernie bros go berserk, and it's just a free-for-all. You think it's like it- Tiger King without the restraint. <laughs> But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head, right? Final thoughts with A.N.G. Yeah! Biden's too tired to even lift his apology chain, much less wrap it around my head. Wow. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Joe Biden is a dummy. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. Michael, final thought? Okay, I think the first thing i got to do when I get home is turn on Tiger King. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious about this oh, show. Oh, you got to watch it with your girlfriend. It's yes. fun to watch with yes. someone. Because oh, yeah. you both go, oh, my God, like every five minutes. Yeah, oh, it's just something. <laughs> uh, positive Sean making a lot more than the people on Tiger King, our producer. Uh, they make nothing <laughs> except meth, apparently. <laughs> Sean, your final thought? Yeah, I was sharing with this uh, with, with Jack off the air. I don't know why, but in the last two weeks, I've craved milkshakes at Chateau Relaxo more than I have in, I don't know, the past two years combined. My next supply run, I'm getting some ice cream. I'm going to be indulging in milkshakes. Oh, I wish I could, man. I wish I I'll could. I'll have an extra one for you, Joe. No, it's not that I can't find them. <laughs> I can't eat them. Jack, final thought? Yeah, I have uh, fooled myself mentally. I'm supporting businesses. You know, all these cherished businesses, tough times for everybody, so I'll eat out and support them. That's what I'm doing. I'm not just a glutton with no self-control. Ah. I eat this 10-pound burrito and then go get ice cream afterwards. I'm supporting local businesses. I'm teaching charity to my children. I'm such a good person. If I might throw in, <laughs> speaking purely for myself, being too lazy to cook. Yeah, there's that. My final thought is, as mentioned earlier, the small business association loans that they've been touting so heavily do not apply to sex workers, to exotic dancers, to gamblers, to lobbyists or congresspeople. Seems like a good, solid group of people. So pornographers, hoes, and congresspeople, not for you. 
I kind of feel bad for the sex workers. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Got a lot of great links for you there. The A&G swag. Buy something for yourself. Little retail therapy, huh? You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you see something we ought to be talking about, send it along. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Must be supplies. It's not supplies. It's people. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.